Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Welcome to MLB.com Extra Seattle Mariners edition. I'm Danny Wexelman with Greg Johns. Greg, I'm thinking, you know, maybe do you want to talk about the weather or it's National Chocolate Chip Cookie Day? Is there anything else you want to talk about today? <laughs> weather in Seattle, always always a topic. Chocolate chip cookies, never never wrong. But uh, Shohei Otani seems to be the uh, topic du jour here in, in Seattle and around MLB the, this weekend for sure. If you've been on Twitter, you have seen a storm of tweets because he officially made his yes and no list. And it's basically Otani's world that we're all kind of living in right now, Greg. He's making his list. He's checking it twice. That's basically what's going on right now. And for our sake, the Mariners are in the running with six other clubs to be able to sign Shohei Otani. This is a huge deal. We're learning so much more about this guy and clearly what we're learning is that money is not the driving force. There are so many other factors, which is really interesting. The Yankees are out. The Red Sox are out, which I don't think anybody saw coming. And I can't, I can't say enough about what's going on, but I also don't know that much. So that is why we have you here for our podcast today. We're talking on a Monday. A lot happened on Sunday, and a lot more is still going to happen. But let's just talk about what this means right now that the Mariners are in the running, the final running, it sounds like, for Shohei Otani. Yeah, I think we, we've all been looking for the, for the breadcrumbs, the clues as to, as to what, the, what the mystery man it really is looking for. And I, I think we're starting to, starting to narrow it down a little bit. You know, the, the, the big clue yesterday was he, he doesn't want to be on the East Coast, uh, you know, the, ruling out the, the big market teams back East, and, and, and the Yankees in particular was, was definitely, uh, you know, a favorable thing for Seattle sitting out west in a, in a, in a smaller market with a team with a lot of Japanese history. And, and uh, you know, the West Coast thing makes sense to me. Being a, a West Coaster, having flown to Japan, it's a long flight to Japan. I mean, it, uh, it's 12 hour 13, you know, going the other way. It's like four, you know, yeah. it, it takes you all day. Your day is flipped. You know, your world is upside down until you time adjust to that thing, which takes a couple of days. You know, if you, if you make that flight and then you, you have to fly to the East Coast another five hours. This is a long trek for a guy, you know, getting back and forth if he wants to see family. I think it, I think it is a factor for, for Japanese players to, to consider when the, you know, and, and this is a young guy who's, you know, heading off to the, the big world. And I, and I don't know if that is the factor. I don't know if even that's, you know, why he's looking at the West Coast. You know, maybe it's just a, a comfort factor with, with the, the teams there, the Japanese-American community and cities like Seattle and San Francisco could be appealing to him. You know, I, 
We don't know the answer to those, but I do know it's a long way from uh, from Tokyo to to Seattle. I've made that flight, and it's a, it's a long flight just from Seattle to New York. I've made that flight too <laughs> too many times. So you know, you, you add it together, maybe you just want to be a little closer to home when you're going that far away. So that's that's a good that's an interesting clue. Uh, obviously, the glitz and glamour in New York, not. Not firm, first and foremost on his list. You know, he, no. he is a small town guy. I mean, that's something that you know I was have been aware of. Uh, you know, he reminds me a little of Masashi Iwakuma, who's a guy that that loves the comfort of Seattle, the the, the community here. Uh, the, you know, a place to raise his kids, the schools, things like that are important to him. And I think sometimes we forget that when we talk about ball players and what they're they're considering. You know, sometimes it's family reasons. Sometimes it's, it's comfort for for them off the ball, off away from the field and in the community and things like that. So, you know, if a guy thinks he'd rather be in an area that's, that's not the hustle and bustle of New York, maybe he is looking for a little something different. So, you know, those, those are things we're starting to see. And as you mentioned, Danny, it's definitely not money. Uh, you know, as we know that for sure, because otherwise he'd be staying in Japan two more years and, and, and cashing in hundreds of million dollars when he could be a, right. a total free agent. So, yeah, we're starting to see some things and Seattle, I know happy to be on that final list, but, uh, Playing it kind of low key now to to see where things go. So I was I was trying to make a couple of points about what makes Seattle stand out. I have I have Otani landing in Seattle. Not that my opinion matters at all. I'm no expert, <laughs> but I I was thinking about a couple of things. Seattle is a is a medium sized market. Is that fair to say? Yeah. yeah Seattle's medium sized, so he's not going to have the circus. He's going to have it in the beginning, of course, and, and maybe his whole first year, but it's not going to be mean. It's not going to be the New York media uh, that that could write headlines and hurt him in a way that he doesn't seem to be want. He doesn't want to be hurt in that way, as well as, you know, the Mariners have established a relationship with the Japanese in, as far as players are going and cultivating them and helping them grow and thrive in Seattle. And like you mentioned, Seattle is extremely close to Japan. It's the closest American city to Japan. And also he's going to be able to DH. And some people have been going back and forth. What would make more sense for him to be in the NL because he could come off the bench, but Seattle is, is in the AL. He'll be able to come off the bench a couple of days between his starts. And he's an elite guy and he wants to be appreciated for that, why else do the Mariners have a leg up on these other teams? Jerry Depoto, top of the list. Uh, if, if you've ever talked to Jerry Depoto, this is a guy who who can. Uh, <laughs> he, he is a salesman, and I don't yeah. say that in a bad way. Uh, he's a salesman in, in the fact that it, when he makes a deal, he can tell you why that deal is is part of the plan and explain it better than any general manager I've ever been around. And uh, you know, when you when you talk to him, you, you definitely get a sense of a a guy that understands where he's going in his vision, and, and he's going to be the guy that walks into that room and, and speaks to Otani and his people and tells them what, what his plan is, and I guarantee you that's going to come across well because Jerry Depoto comes across well. Uh, yeah, I love talking to a guy. You want to just talk baseball with a guy, you put him you know, A1 on a, on a list. He's, he's just a, a fun guy, a, a bright guy, and, and it, it comes across when you meet him. Uh, he is a himself a good representative of the marriage and what they're going for, and, and I think that that's that's a that's a key thing. I mean, he's going to. This is a this is a. It's like a college recruiting thing, and you you look at college coaches that that are personable, good with the media, those kind of things. Those are the guys that that can sell kids and and sell a program, and those things. And and then Jerry's very good at that. So I think that's a that's going to be a, a key. Uh, you know, that you mentioned the 
the, the being in the AL, you know, only two of the other teams that are in that seven are American League teams. So mm-hmm. Depoto's already said, hey, we're willing to move Nelson Cruz into the outfield a couple of days a week to, to play Otani at DH. Huge. Uh, you know, if that you know, we're willing to do what it takes. And and this is a team that's that does have a, a tradition of, of Japanese ownership, Japanese players, and and has been looking at Otani for a long time. I know the Rangers are the same kind of boat. The Dodgers, these teams, you know, it's not like this guy's just popped up the last year. Uh, but the Mariners are one of those teams, and they have a, a plan in place, well, well planned out, well, well orchestrated, and they're going to go in with a with a pretty good pitch to to woo him. And I, I don't, you're going to see some people when they meet in L.A. and the Mariners going kind of low key on this and kind of keeping things quiet now after being pretty vocal. But now it's getting closer. You know, they're, they're kind of keeping things close to the vest. But you know, they're, they're going to bring in players. They're going to have you know. The, Guys, you know, I'm sure Iwakuma is going to be primary in that. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, you know Nelson Cruz, some of the players that could come down and talk to him, and yeah. you know, maybe you get a Ken Griffey Jr. in the room, some of them on Seattle. You know, I mean, these are you know names that that can can play, and and I don't know that Ichiro will be involved since he's not a Mariner anymore, but certainly his his history with with uh, with uh, the Seattle organization can't hurt. I mean, this is a guy that, that as much of the Mariners' history as anybody, and and. Uh, one of uh, Otani's favorite players growing up. So I mean, these are factors that, that definitely add up to Seattle being a, a top contender, if, if, if nothing else. Greg, you're going to be a busy man, I think. Do we have do we have any idea of a timetable for when this decision could be made? Well, we have a very definite idea of when it has to be done because right. there's a de- de- December 22nd deadline. Now, it clearly, uh, you know, the, the whittling process went pretty quick from from taking the 30 teams down to the seven. Yeah, the, it did. The, the, it was like he was group. speed dating, Greg. <laughs> the man had a plan, you know. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and he's got people working for him. So, yeah, you know, the next part. I mean, if he's if he's going face to face interviews, you know, that's that's going to take some time. I mean, you know, each team's going to want to come in and have a chance to sit down with him, and I think they're going to want more than more than their 15 minutes of fame in the room. I mean, they're going to want time to to really get to know him and let him get to know them. So, you know, I, that's all kind of in Otani's camp as to how much time they're going to give teams. And But, you know, that's going to take some, some time. I, I would suspect we go into the winter meetings, and this is going to remain a pretty hot topic next week. Uh, and, but that December 22nd deadline is when it has to be done, when, when uh, the, the agreement between Major League Baseball and, and, the, and the Japanese League is, is uh, you know, that's the drop-in deadline. So, we're going to know this by, by Christmas. Uh, somebody's going to be, have a pretty nice present under the tree. <laughs> That's true. I don't want to talk about anything else but Otani, but we have a couple <laughs> other things we do have to cover. I think I think we covered it all for now. Did we, did we get it all, Greg? That's fair. I think, you know, someday this guy's going to sign, and we're not going to know what to talk about. Yeah, well, hopefully that's not the case. Uh, okay, so Friday. Friday was was a big day for all clubs. They had to decide whether or not they were going to tender contracts, which is such an interesting word, or let players go. So in the case of Drew Smiley and Chase Simmons, they're officially free agents, but Seattle and Andrew Romine came to a one-year agreement. So Smiley wasn't too big of a surprise with his lack of playing time that would be coming up this season, but Simmons was, and you wrote about this. Why was Simmons such a surprise? Well, mostly because he's a, a fairly low money guy. I mean, the, the decision with Smiley is pretty obvious. You know, he was gonna he was gonna be in line for uh, over five million dollars just based on MLB rules. And he he made six point eight million last year, and you've got to you've got to offer at least eighty percent of that. So it was gonna be a, a a pretty good chunk of change for a guy coming off t- uh, Tommy John and still rehabbing and. It's going to, you know, be missed most of the year, if not all of it, this coming year. So they they did 
try to work with Smiley and, and, and get him on a two-year deal where maybe they could have got him at a lower price and kept him in the organization uh, beyond next year, but but couldn't come to an agreement there. And as far as you know, bringing him back on a on a one-year deal when he's not going to pitch didn't make much sense when he he's then going to be a free agent after that. So Simmons is a little different deal. I mean, uh, he's a guy that was was probably going to make less than a million in, in his first year of arbitration, but also coming off uh, off a lot of uh, arm problems last year. So. You know, they they gave up some pretty good prospects to get both Simmons and Smiley uh, on the same day last January, and both those guys are going to be pretty big parts of what they did last year, and they wound up getting virtually nothing out of it. You know, Simmons came up uh, in September as a September call-up. So my surprise with Simmons was he he did seem to be getting healthy at the end of the year, and I thought they would they would uh, you know bring him back and and bring him into arbitration. So you know, they they're not saying why that didn't come to pass. You know, I don't know if it was an injury situation. You know, they're not going to lay out why they, they didn't bring a guy back. But yeah. uh, it's certainly certainly an interesting situation. All right, onward and upward. Let's skip back to Jerry Depoto. Very interesting man. I've never met him. Obviously, you, you've had uh, a dozen and more interactions with this guy. He's got a weekly podcast, which I don't think everybody knows about. You are mm-hmm. writing about it every week. But Depoto's on the podcast with Mariners play-by-play guy Aaron Goldsmith. And he's he's been pretty candid which is also really interesting. I don't, I don't know if we've ever had um, we've ever had someone in his position doing something like this on a weekly basis. So he talked about on their last episode, Eric Falia, who's out in the AFL right now. He's got a chance to make a jump in the organizational ladder. He won the batting title in the fall league. So let's talk a little bit about Falia and let's talk about Depoto on this podcast. Felia is an interesting case because it's kind of coming out of nowhere. Uh, I think it was a 23rd round draft choice. I'm going off the top of my head. Uh, who hit well? Uh, he was kind of an older guy coming out of UCLA, and he's hit well at the at the lower levels. So you know, they they kind of threw him into the uh, Arizona Fall League, see what he could do, and he hits 408 and wins the batting title, and and certainly looks like uh, you know hitting against top prospects and. That, that he can compete. So, you know, they're talking about jumping him up a couple, you know, he may get a shot at AAA. He was in, in high A last year. So he, he's kind of on the rise. He's, a, he's an interesting case and a guy to keep an eye on in that, uh, in the minor league system. But yeah, DePoto's podcast, I recommend to anybody who wants to listen to just a guy talking baseball and he'll be talking, he'll talk uh, spin rates and analytics and explain things in a very understandable awesome. way. And he'll talk about old stories and, and people he knows in baseball and, and, uh, and he'll talk about Mariners. You know, his first podcast, he talked about Otani, and, and it's pretty eye-opening how open he was about their approach to pursuing him. So, yeah, pretty pretty interesting eye into uh, a general manager. And as I noted earlier, you know, he, he's a guy that that presents himself very well and a fun guy to listen to. So, yeah, if you get a chance to check out Dakota's podcast, crazy, crazy world. Everyone's got a podcast these days, Greg. <laughs> Someone let me be on the podcast, so we have that too. There you go. All right, Greg, we're gonna hop. In our DeLorean, we're going to go back in time. We've got the winter meetings coming up. We're going to go back to 2000 and look at one of the most pivotal moments in Mariners history, Y2K. People thought that the world was ending. Uh, time was going to stop. I kind, of, I kind of remember it, but I just remember people being very uh, on edge about the new year heading into 2000. But the Mariners, they were just hoping to re-sign Alex Rodriguez, right? That's right. That was a... That was a big year, and it, coming off the previous year, Danny, when when uh, Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, they had to trade Griffey, it, it, 
It's, uh, we look back on that year, and, and they go into 2000 with A-Rod having become a free agent. This is a kid who was 25 at the time. He's, he's coming off. He's hit 40-plus homers for three straight years, and, and this is a, a legitimate, obviously, budding superstar. And they, they, they were fully intent to try to re-sign him. That had been their, their pursuit for, for several years, trying to get, get him to be a long-term guy. And they go into those winter meetings in 2000 down in Dallas, and and lo and behold, in the, in the midst of those meetings, one of the biggest bombshells of winter meetings history, uh, you know, he signs the 10-year, $252 million deal with, with the uh, Rangers, and, and that sent shockwaves through that meeting. And, uh, you know, for the Mariners, uh, Pat Gillick, in his, uh, his second year as GM, you know, he, he, he took he – didn't, he didn't – wasn't one of the guys that got stunned by the bombshell. He, he just kept moving, and uh, – you know, that was when he set the stage during those meetings for a lot of the, the free agents they brought in to, to really key that 2001 season when they won 116 games. And this is a team that lost Griffey and Alex Rodriguez and, and goes on to win 116 games in 2001. So pretty impressive what, what Gillick did back there. There's a reason he's in the Hall of Fame now. But but he came out of that meeting, and they, they signed Brett Boone uh, a little bit after that. You know, key, obviously, in that 2001 and beyond. Yeah, Boone was huge. They had signed each show earlier that that offseason, so that Boone and Eacher really were keys. But, you know, it was kind of the smaller moves, Danny, that I, I look back that mm-hmm. he really made made uh, made his money. Uh, you know, he, he brought in Jeff Nelson that year. He, he brought in Norm Charlton, brought back the veteran Norm uh, and, uh, you know, Boone, uh, Tom Lampkin, a, a catcher that brought in back up. These kind of guys that really filled out that club and, in the, and dating back to previous, after the, in, the, in the previous winter meetings when they'd lost Griffey and he came back and he, he signed John Olerud, uh, Kazuhiro Sasaki out of Japan. They, they signed a couple of veterans, uh, Stan Javier, Mark McLemore, um, Aaron Seeley they brought in. These are guys, is, as I look back, it was it's stunning that you know, every every winter GM signed free agents, but he signed like seven, eight, nine, those guys I just listed off. And, and these were like home runs each one or, or at least a double off the wall. I mean, he didn't whiff on any of these guys. He, he and, and this is the team and the reason that that 2001 club came together and won 116 games and, yeah. and, and really was one of the historical teams in baseball. And the only thing they didn't do is win the World Series, and that's a, uh, that's a, 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 a fly in their ointment. It's going to sting for a long time. But uh, that group was an incredible baseball team, and Gillick kind of put it together in those winter meetings despite that uh, losing A-Rod there in the, in the middle of that kind of the, the yeah. stunner in, in 2000, as I look back on it. Greg, you're writing a story about this, right? It's going to be on MLB.com? Yeah, we're going to look back kind of at uh, some of the history of the, the defining moments in, in winter meetings, and that, that to me is one of the ones for the, for the Mariners that, uh, as you look back, the important stage in this franchise's history, that big run there in the early 2000s. Do you anticipate this year's winter meetings being that crazy? <laughs> well, well, we'll see what happens with Otani. Uh, yeah. This winter meeting, this you know, it's kind of funny, Danny. The last couple, uh, at least from a Mariner perspective, and somewhat more from industry wide, have been a little anticlimactic because a lot of action has been before the meetings. Depoto has been one of those guys who's who's come in uh, in, in Seattle, in particular, and, and made a lot of moves before the meetings. And, and really, when they get to get to the meetings, he's, he's got a lot of his business done. And this year, things industry wide have been held up a lot by. Otani a lot by uh, you know Stanton uh, mm-hmm. talk and, and it's just not a lot of things have happened yet. So you know, uh, Depoto is one of the few that's that's made a couple moves and they brought in Ryan Healy and a couple other things that uh, to, to shore up things. But uh, so he's still got a move or two to make and 
I certainly think uh, with Otani brewing over it, it will be an interesting time in Orlando. All right, Greg. Well, I'm going to be refreshing my Twitter feed for the next 72 hours, if not more. And I know that you will be uh, by your phone waiting and, and ready to rock. So we're going to find out soon either way. So hopefully not, not this podcast was not for nothing. That's what I hope. <laughs> Well, if they sign, if the mayor sign Otani, we will have a topic for, for many years. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. That's right. And, uh, it, it'll be fascinating. Wherever he goes, it's going to be quite a story. And uh, I think we all look forward to it just as baseball fans. That's right. All right. Well, that'll do it for this week. I'm Danny Wexelman with Greg Johns, our Seattle Mariners reporter for MLB.com. Any news and updates, don't you worry. We will keep you posted, and we'll talk to you next time.